You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good stuff. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Sowell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a baby? What's crack a It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. The White House has been facing questions about when President Trump first learned about the coronavirus and what he was told. Now, a White House official has told NPR's Aisha Roscoe that the president received two intelligence briefings in January. The president received two intelligence briefings on the coronavirus in January. The first briefing was on January 23rd. And at that time, the president was told that the coronavirus was potentially going to spread globally. There was a second briefing on January 28th, and then Trump was told that the virus was spreading outside of China, but that deaths at the time from the virus were only happening within China. President Trump is suggesting that politics is the reason why the top two congressional leaders have declined a White House offer of rapid coronavirus tests. The president tweeted his response last night after Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi issued a joint statement. The offer came after the Capitol's attending physician said there was not enough capacity to test senators as they returned to the Capitol this week. In Guatemala, fear of contagion in remote indigenous communities is leading to rejection of migrants returned from the United States, as Maria Martin reports. There's been widespread fear of COVID-19 in Guatemala's indigenous Maya communities, 
even before it was revealed that at least one flight of migrants returned from the U.S. recently brought back some 70 infected deportees. Many indigenous communities see COVID-19 as a disease brought to the country by foreigners. Some experts say there's a genetic memory going back centuries, from when the Spaniards brought smallpox and other diseases that decimated the native populations. Now reports are surfacing of returning migrants being barred from their hometowns and threatened with violence. But other Maya communities report this isn't a universal reaction. For NPR News, I'm Maria Martin. North and South Korean troops exchanged gunfire today for the first time in three years. NPR's Anthony Kim reports from Seoul there were no casualties. The Yonhap News Agency quotes the Joint Chiefs of Staff saying that South Korean troops on guard in the DMZ in the town of Chorwon heard shots fired Saturday morning. They found four bullet marks on a guard post, then fired back 20 rounds and broadcast a warning as a matter of standard procedure. They also requested an explanation from the North via a military hotline, but got none. The Joint Chiefs say the incident does not appear to be a deliberate provocation. The South says the shooting violates a 2018 agreement to de-escalate military tensions along the DMZ. The shootings come a day after North Korean leader Kim Jong-un reappeared after a three-week absence, quashing rumors of his death. Anthony Kuhn, NPR News, Seoul. And you're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. The virus that we're talking about having to do, you know, a lot of people think that goes away in April with the heat. Because of all we've done, the risk to the American people remains very low. People die from the flu, and this is very unusual. And it is a little bit different, but in some ways it's easier, and in some ways it's a little bit tougher. Uh, but uh, we have it so well under control. I mean, view this the same as the flu. When somebody sneezes, I mean, I try and bail out as much as possible. It's going to disappear. One day it's like a miracle. It will disappear. And from our shores, we, you know, it could get worse before it gets better. It could maybe go away. We'll see what happens. Nobody really knows. The fact is, the greatest experts I've spoken to all, nobody really knows. We're ordering a lot of supplies. We're ordering a lot of, a uh, lot of, Elements that, frankly, we wouldn't be ordering unless it was something like this. But we're ordering a lot of different uh, elements of medical. Now the Democrats are politicizing the coronavirus. And this is their new hoax. If you're healthy, uh, you will probably... uh, Go through a process and, and you'll be fine. But he seems to be melting down at his slipping poll numbers. There is new reporting from multiple news outlets that President Trump lashed out his campaign manager after he was given polls that showed that he was trailing Joe Biden very badly in several key states. Trump was briefed in a series of phone calls last week by his political advisors, including his campaign manager, Brad Parscale, Republican National Committee Chair, Ronna McDaniel, and son-in-law, Jared Kushner. The aides showed the president his re-election campaign's latest internal polls, which showed him trailing Joe Biden in several key states. Multiple sources familiar with the briefing confirmed to NBC News. One source described Trump as being in a, quote, horrific mood as Pascal walked him through the polling. 
I'm confident there's nothing. No one ever brought it to the attention of me 27 years ago. This is any assertion at all. No one that I'm aware of in my campaign at excuse, my, my Senate office at the time is aware of any such uh, request and, uh, uh, or any such complaint. Uh, and, uh, and so the, I, 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 I'm not worried about it at all. If there is a complaint, that's where it would be. That's where it would be filed. Would you please go on the record with the American people? Did you sexually assault Tara Reid? No, it is not true. I'm saying unequivocally, it never, never happened. And it didn't. It never happened. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Wild Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Wild. Good morning, my name is Jay Rao, and welcome to the serious side. And here are some of the topics that we will be discussing this morning, May 3rd, 2020. He knew, he knew, he knew. President Trump was briefed on the coronavirus back in January, but he chose to ignore all of the warnings. Will Americans still fall for the banana in the tailpipe as Trump continues to try to shift the blame to others? There are some trouble in them there hills. Polling in key battleground states show that Trump is losing to Biden, and in some cases by double digits. Should we care at this early stage in the campaign? And he speaks on the record. Vice President Joe Biden addresses the Tara Reid sexual assault allegations publicly for the first time in an interview, an exclusive interview on Morning Joe. Should they have addressed the situation earlier? And if you saw the interview, what are your thoughts? Before we get into it, before I bring everyone in, I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you to all the people who uh, reached out to me uh, this past week. Uh, because, like I mentioned during my last show, at least at the beginning of the last show, I, I lost my pops. And, um, you know, he's in a better place now. But I thank everyone. I thank everyone from the bottom of my heart who has reached out to me. The response has been overwhelming. Uh, went back and I listened to the show uh, from last Sunday. And my heart just is warmed by listening to my colleagues, uh, my family members express uh, their thoughts and prayers for me and mine. So I want to thank them for that. And I want to take this opportunity as I introduce them. Uh, to uh, definitely do that. So first up, she's my big sis. Love her to death. Here she is, Miss Vanessa Maybell from the McInnell. Vanessa, good morning. How are you? Good morning. You know I just love you and your family. I, I really do. So I if I bug you by I know. texting you and saying, do you need anything, it is out of love. It's out of love. Yeah. And I'm glad to hear you on the show today. I'm glad to be here, and uh, like I said, I love you. Uh, people just don't know. We'll tell that story if we get some time throughout the course of it, during the show about how we met. It was because of another situation that was going on, uh, but I'll definitely tell that story. That's the tease, and so we'll, we'll tell it if we get some time. But if you've been listening to the show, you know the background between Vanessa and I. I love you to death. I'm so glad uh, that you're here. Thank you so much for your kind words last week. Uh, the man uh, who I call my little bro. Well, matter of fact, let's just keep it that. You know, ladies first. Let me bring her in because you know it's just it's, it's been an honor to have her with us. You know, one of the things I can say that the coronavirus has been bad for America, but you know what? It's actually brought her 
back into the fold and uh, listening to her voice and especially the moment of prayer, uh, her kind words uh, really, uh, really touched my soul. So let me bring you in, Miss Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you and how are you doing with your battle with the coronavirus? Oh, good morning, Jay. God bless you. I'm doing, I'm doing good. Um, good. I'm tired as well get out, though. I'll tell you that. But I'm doing good, and thank God I'm here. So thank you for having me. Love Absolutely. you much. Hi, Vanessa. Love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Love you much. All right. Uh, I call him my little brother. Matter of fact, the other day I was going through some old photos, looking for some photos from my pops, and I ran across photos of me and him back in the day, back in Mainz, Germany, doing what we do. This guy means so much to me, and I'm so glad that we reconnected after so many years. This man, the one and only, I call him the educated brother, Mr. Johnny D, in the place to be, man. Good morning, John. How you doing? I'm doing well, and first and foremost, Jay, I'm, I'm going to certainly apologize. Uh, in my absence last week on the show, I, I didn't do as I typically do, have an opportunity to listen to the rebroadcast. So certainly my condolences and prayers go out to you and your family. Uh, I, I, I knew that 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 your father was sick, but I uh, didn't know he had passed. Uh, and I know I've seen you on a couple of other media outlets that that we typically uh keep up with one another you know, based on your origins and and some of our army buddies and um like i say my, my prayers and thoughts go out to you and you know please please accept my forgiveness for for, for not uh, communicating that and, and listening oh, to the man. broadcast throughout the week oh man don't uh, worry about that like i say we you're good we we go back with some some 35 or so years, and uh, like I say, nothing but love. Um, but but I'm glad to be back this week. Um, certainly want to extend a, a, a greetings to Miss Vanessa, Dr. Williams, uh, Les, and Jerome, and particularly yourself. Uh, you were certainly born to, to do this here. And to all of those individuals that allow us an opportunity to come into their homes, uh, this is not taken for granted by me uh, as I said time and time again uh, this has been a liberating um, experience for me to be able to be with uh, distinguished colleagues who who do this uh, and, and to allow a novice like myself to be part of it uh, it is a humbling experience and and I just thank God for the relationships and and the opportunity to express oneself in, in a more dignified manner than sometimes what we see in America. So again, thank you. Hey man, listen, you don't have to you don't owe me an apology, Johnny D. I already know where you're at, man. The bottom line is as long as I know where the heart is, everything else is good. It's no big deal. I know how you feel about me, you know how I feel about you, man. Appreciate the kind words this morning and uh thank you for being in the house. And uh certainly last but not least, uh the man who I would give my left lung for well, maybe my right, too. This depends on what he needs. But this guy here is my brother from another mother. You know, this is the guy that's always, you know, man, what you doing? You all right? You good? You know, this is the man who is what I would call the real ringleader of the Bottom and Bailey Circus that happens every Sunday morning right here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Man, what's going on, man? How you doing? I am good, 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 sir. Glad to see you're back. You were ter- terribly missed last week. 
uh, in your absence. It's big shoes to fill. So thank you for being here this weekend. Vanessa, good morning to you. Good morning, Hawk. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Sora. How are you doing this morning? Glad to see you are with us. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you. Good morning, good morning. Get that boy number love here. Like Johnny D said, we don't take it uh, for granted that uh, you guys are allowed us in your homes. I was looking at some numbers over the weekend, and I was like, wow, you know, the bottom line is people are listening to us. And even though it's not a big footprint, we're not MSNBC or CBS. But, you know, if we reach one, we've reached one that we didn't reach the day before. So we're grateful for you allowing us to be a part of your world and being a part of your Sunday morning. Hope you guys are safe and well. And, of course, our distinguished colleague, Mr. Jerome Spree from SpreeRadio.net. And the man who brings us on the weekly basis on the need to know basis uh, usually joins us after his commitment for clear channel radio but until then we hold it down chat room should be open you can get in 347-850-1272 what a week what a week what a week i went back i was you know i went back and listened to that show and uh, miss l has me big shoes to feel my god I, I i feel like i need to step into some big shoes here brother you was doing your thing so uh hey hey listen i uh i applaud you and i salute you brother you did your thing last week it was a good show it was a good show to listen to well, thank you sir thank you sir. you did your thing all right speaking of a good show to listen to let's get into this week's show the virus that we're talking about having to do you know a lot of people think that goes away in april with the heat because of all we've done the risk to the American people remains very low. People die from the flu, and this is very unusual. And it is a little bit different, but in some ways it's easier, and in some ways it's a little bit tougher. Uh, but uh, we have it so well under control. I mean, view this the same as the flu. When somebody sneezes, I mean, I try and bail out as much as possible. It's going to disappear. One day it's like a miracle. It will disappear. And from our shores, we, you know, it could get worse before it gets better. It could maybe go away. We'll see what happens. Nobody really knows. The fact is, the greatest experts I've spoken to all, nobody really knows. We're ordering a lot of supplies. We're ordering a lot of, a uh, lot of elements that, frankly, we wouldn't be ordering unless it was something like this. But we're ordering a lot of different. Uh, elements of medical. Now the Democrats are politicizing the coronavirus. And this is their new hoax. If you're healthy, uh, you will probably uh, go through a process and, and you'll be fine. Well, that was your president from those clips were from uh, January up until today, uh, until current day, I should say. But bottom line is reports are slipping out that this guy knew back in January what's going on and what was happening with the coronavirus. And now here we are with over 66,000 from this disease, from this horrible virus, a country that's in lockdown, a, uh, over, I don't know the number, millions and millions of Americans unemployed. A nation that's on lockdown, the economy that is free-falling, and he is trying to find someone to blame from the World Health Organization to China. Mr. Elias, let me start the conversation off with you. Will this be the straw that broke the camel's back for Donald Trump? No, not with his, not with his base, Jay, not at all. His base will continue to support him because finally I, I, I'm... <laughs> Whenever I watch this, when I watch news and he says we were left with horrible tests, we were left, you know, they, they, we were left with horrible tests. There wasn't enough supplies. 
the supply room was, 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 was not filled. Well, this is COVID-19, which Kelly Conway said COVID-19, there have been 18 more strands of it. No, they called it COVID-19, dummy, because it happened in 2019. Now, for him to sit there and say that Barack Obama left the supply room uh, um, barren, you've been president for three years. You should, you should have filled your own supply room. And how in the hell can you sit here and say that the testing for, that the testing that the previous administration left for COVID-19 was, was fouled, it was messed up, it was whatever, when Barack Obama could not have allowed, had a test for COVID-19? Why, as, why aren't the news media calling this clown out on this stuff? Because his people are going to believe him no matter what, Jay. He has not, there's not going to be, I, we had this conversation yesterday, there's not going to be testing put in place because he does not want his numbers to go up. And what I mean by his numbers, about, about all, the, all the people that have the COVID-19, because right now he wants to get that economy going because his people are suffering. And if he gets the economy going and it kills lives, he don't care as long as you get the economy going. So, no, it's not going to hurt him at all with his base. But with some other voters, it's going to kill him. It, it, is, it is definitely going to kill him. So his base, no, they're going to believe whatever he says. His common sense don't make common sense for some of these people. Like I said, it, it's not going to hurt him. Vanessa, what about you? Do you really and truly think that he can get away with this? I mean, because his numbers are dropping. The more and more he talks, which he started to subside, our, those those like those types of uh, briefings are starting to go away, even though he's trying to find ways to reach his base. But do you honestly think that he's going to survive this? I do think, Jay, that some of this is going to touch him. And, and Elias, you know, you and I know they're on the same team. But I think that some of this is going to touch him because you got some Republicans parents that are out there dying because they're old age, they were on a ventilator, they couldn't get a ventilator. I think it is going to touch them in some way. Now, yesterday, uh, Bobby and I were out at the RV shop, and this conversation came up on Trump, and the man who was talking, he brought it up, was a liberal. He said that he doesn't think that the Democrats are going to win because Joe Biden is not a good person to put up front to represent the Democratic Party or the, or the world. He also said that a lot of it is going to be based on who he chose as VP. So I asked him, are you a Republican or a Democrat or what are you if you're saying this? And he said, I did vote for Trump. He said, but he doesn't know if he's going to vote for Trump this time. It is all based on who Biden picks as VP. So I think that it's weighing some of the Republican people against him. But a lot of it is going to depend on who Biden chooses as a VP. I really do. I think it's hurting him some, though, Jay and Les. I do. I do think it's, it's, question, it's questionable because I'm on the chat with everybody, and I see them pop in on the Views page. They, they pop in on Joy's page, and they got something to say. Uh, and this little thing that happened with Biden, um, with this woman who's supposed to said he did this and this and this, all of that's fading away. All right, don't we jump it. We're talking about that third okay. set. Don't jump it. Don't jump it. Don't oh, jump it. We're, oh, we're, oh, I'm we're, sorry. We're, we're going to address yes, that. That's I coming up third is, set. Mm-hmm. I think it is going to affect yeah. him some. I really do. A little bit. I do. 
Okay, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Kathleen, what about you? What, what do you think? You think that uh, this situation is going to have an adverse effect on him uh, because of the fact that the fa- you know the facts are the facts. And you know, sometimes when it comes to Trump, sometimes people don't want to listen to the facts. Sometimes people want to ignore the facts when it comes to Donald Trump. But the facts are the facts. And Mr. Elias said something that I thought was very compelling: the fact that we are starting to see, you know, some of these older Americans who are dying. You know, they're Republicans, even though we all know that this uh, virus disproportionately affects uh, African-Americans more because of some of the things that we have to deal with with underlying conditions. But do you honestly think that he's going to be able to get out of this jam? Huh. Well, I, I don't think he's gotten out of any of this jam. You know, I think that People are paying attention. Impeachment? To, <laughs> he got out of impeachment. But I don't know did that. But he's still, in, he's still in office, right? And they, yeah. they didn't put across both, um, you know, about across both houses. But I, I don't think he's, when I say I don't think he's gotten out of any of his jams, what I mean by that is that people are looking, they see what he does, and then they don't care. Yeah. His base, right? Oh, uh, so, okay. Okay. My point to what I want to share is not even so much that do we think he'll get out of it, is that we do not fall for the okie doke because this guy is relentless and reckless at trying to make sure he can pull off whatever he can any way by, okay, this is like the opposite of, uh, anyway, he'll do whatever he needs to to try to pull it off. So I just don't want us to sleep and think that, ah, the COVID virus is the straw that broke the, broke the camel's back. Don't sleep because he's going to pull off something else. He'll have everybody confused thinking about this and then do that. He'll pull something some other kind of rabbit out of his wicked, despicable hat um, to try and mess with Biden. I do not trust this man. Don't trust him. You know, especially now that we're down to uh, the Democratic candidate and we have Joe Biden, right? I won't even say what I'm thinking, but just don't sleep. Yeah. Just don't sleep. This, this just man, don't trust him. Just don't trust him. All right. Yeah, do not <laughs> Point well taken. And do not close your eyes because he will do anything. I got yeah, anything to win. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Johnny Demon, what say you in regards to this topic? As as it relates to the the polls, um, I think right not now. Not the polls, just the, well, not the polls. The fact that the guy knew about mm-hmm. this in January, but oh, he oh, yet no. still well, he's trying to find. Yeah. He's trying to find someone Jay, to blame, I, I, you know, because that's what you do. Well, I, that's what people do. Well, I, I tell you what, Snakes. you know, I, I think as, as as the days continue uh, to move forward and, and, and the number of persons infecting and the number of people dying, some 66,000, it no longer matters to, to most about the blame. Uh, there, there is clear and decisive uh, information being put out by the, the U.S. Intelligence Committee that Donald Trump knew about this back in January. We saw how he rolled it out. 
you know, with that young man who was exposed and was the first case back on, on January the, 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 the 20th or 21st in Washington State, how he downplayed that. Um, I, I was recently reading a, 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 an article um, in, in the Washington Post where, where it indicated where Donald Trump, when you remember when he quoted that it was 15 uh, individuals currently and that that will probably disappear, they said that he knew that the projections was that it was going to be higher. So this guy has continuously tried to shift or, or hide the shell, but you know he can blame the, the, the Obama administration all he wants to, but but clearly there's documentation, there's a 70-page document that they talk about on how to how to deal with the, the pandemic. And, of course, Donald Trump decided that, you know, that they was not going to deal in hypothetical. This is what this is what this, this, this retrobate stated, okay? So when he decided that he was going to shut down the pandemic office, they was talking about we're not going to deal in hypothetical. So he can't blame that. And for those families who are being impacted and affected by it, uh, you know, there, there, there is no scapegoat. You know, it doesn't matter who you're trying to point the finger at. And I just think that it's, it's, it's a shameless attempt to set back and, and politicize the entire thing. And not only is this disproportionately affecting African-Americans, but it's also disproportionately affecting our Latino and Hispanic brothers, because oftentimes they deal with some of the same, um, you know, uh, genetic uh, illnesses and and and, and I hate to say diseases, but that may be the, the word, you know, um, and, and, and medical issues that we deal with as African-Americans. So it's, it's impacting uh, our Latino, Hispanic brothers, and it's impacting the elders as well. And, you know, I was listening yeah. to um, uh, a vascular doctor, uh, and he was talking about how young people are coming in, and because their blood are thicker, you know, uh, indicating that they're having blood clots and, and strokes and things of that nature right there. So th- this pandemic is really touching all aspects of it. You know, what's interesting, we look at the number of individuals that's being impacted, and then if you ever look at a survey that shows you the number of people that recover, there's a distinct difference in those numbers and then you have those who died so we seem to concentrate on those who have the virus those who died but the ones who have recovered is is marginally low as well so it it really is impacting everybody so no uh, even though you're going to have some of those gun-toting uh confederate flag-waving racist um bigots they they will yep. always support this guy in his, in his falsehood, but the vast majority of the people who around the world understands what the impact is of this virus and where the origins of the the, the downfall and, and the, the lack of uh, seriousness and, and attention is, is being directed towards, and that's that's that that, that criminal in Washington. Absolutely. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's the bottom of the hour. All right, look, we're going to get uh, the smartest man in the world is checked in. Let's get his response on this before we step out for a break. Uh, the one and only Mr. Jerome Esprit from EspritRadio.net, and the guy who brings us every week on a need-to-know basis. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing, man? Welcome to the broadcast. Hey, thanks, man. I'm good, man. How you doing? Doing all right, man. Good, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Definitely want to definitely want to hear your voice. Show's not complete until all the family members in the house. So our brother is in the house. So uh, what do you think, man? You think that the fact that I asked a question to everyone about, you know, Trump knew about this in January, and so the question becomes is how did, will he survive this? 
Because the more and more he tries to shift blame to other people, the World Health Organization, China, you know, President Obama didn't leave him the right tools in the toolbox. You know, he's trying to find everyone to point the finger at, except he doesn't listen to Michael Jackson very much, because if he was a Michael Jackson fan, he knows there's a song called Man in the Mirror, and that's where he should start. So what do you think, man? You think he can get away from this thing? You think he's going to escape this? Or will this be the straw that breaks the camel's back before we step out of here? Man, please. He's been... His back was broke about two years ago. He's not going to... He wasn't going to survive probably prior to Mueller. Right? Everybody knew what kind of mistake they made. So you got people, you know, gutting departments. The federal government is dysfunctional. I mean, so this magnifies how dysfunctional they are. He can blame anybody he wants to. But it sidetracks everybody by even having a conversation like it's actual reasonable for him to um, to to make policy around his dysfunction, right? So he can roll out another policy. He can say anything that he wants to. But just, you know, he admits McConnell, and that's why, you know, um, just in observation, that's why Miss McConnell is like, oh, we ain't going to leave no judge vacancy because they know they out. They out, so they're gonna start. Point. They're gonna start getting reckless. So, but they were reckless anyway. That's a good point. I didn't think of that. That's a good point. The fact that they are rushing to get this done because they, they they see the writing on the wall. I think, and you're absolutely correct. And the fact that now the, the White House is not going to let uh, Dr. Fauci he's, he they, they, he can appear in front of the Senate committee, but he's not. They're not going to let him appear in front of the House. But you know, the House is ran by Democrats, and the Senate is ran by Republicans. So it's just nonsense. And for people who can't see this, um, you know, shame on you. So I agree with Jerome. That's some good insight, man. Didn't even look at it from that perspective. You know. Yeah, they don't, you don't see it. Let them go. I mean, what what else do you need to see? Again, we we <laughs> sat there for like seven years talking about um, a black man and his birth certificate, and they couldn't see how like <laughs> racist and identity politics that was. It's like, tell me that you're legitimate. <laughs> Trump ain't legitimate, right? So no. so if you want to go through that, and nobody's even mentioned Jack to him, nobody talks about his his naked wife, like flat out. They would be calling Michelle Obama all kinds of names for the whole eight yeah. years. And nobody actually, we act like we don't see it. Not us, but just generally as a, as yeah, a society. It's yeah. like, you know, there, if, if, it was, if it was the other way around, they would have been yeah. holding up nude signs of her every time they protest the White House. Like naked mm-hmm. signs of her. Because you could do that with her. And everybody acts like, mm-hmm. oh, that's off limits. And she said, be death. And like all that nonsense. Like, we, we're over it. So a part of the moment that we're in, even in changing the paradigm, is that there are a lot of things that are being revealed to you, and it's how you take that, those things that's being revealed. It is biblical, yeah. right? We need to be conscious about what is going on and stop playing into somebody else's narrative because deception always has a narrative. It gives somebody yeah. something to hang their hat on when they don't want you to believe truth. They make up a story. Yeah, you're absolutely correct about that. Wow, it's just uh, interesting. You know, and like I said, this, this, these people knew. They, they knew what was going on uh, back in January. So, you know, in this week's edition of In 4 Minutes or Less, we're going to play one that we played back in February. 
because people knew what was going on. You listen to the serious The number right of people infected with the coronavirus has passed 20,000. The World Health Organization says the risk of it spreading remains high. They are urging countries to share information to battle the deadly virus, but lack of coordination between two key players, the U.S. and China, is making that effort more difficult, as NPR's Jackie Northam reports. The sheer scale of the coronavirus requires an all-hands-on-deck kind of approach, sharing data and coordinating a response to what could very well turn into a pandemic. But that cooperation has been elusive for the world's two economic superpowers. Right now, the U.S.-China relationship is suffering from a deep deficit of trust. That's Evan Medeiros, a former chief advisor for Asia on the National Security Council in the Obama administration. He says a certain level of distrust has always been part of the U.S.-China relationship. But a bruising trade war and significant strategic differences have exacerbated the bad blood between the two countries. Madero says even if its relationship is becoming more competitive, the coronavirus illustrates there are some issues where the U.S. and China need to work together. As China becomes a global power, the U.S. and China are going to need to cooperate on big global issues like climate change, pandemics, global economic growth. Madero says there has been cooperation among U.S. and Chinese scientists, but cooperation at the government level feels a long way away. Beijing turned down an offer by the Centers for Disease Control to travel to China. Messaging by Washington has seemed mixed. Last week, Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross told Fox Business News there might be a silver lining to the coronavirus. I think it will help to accelerate the return of jobs to North America, some to U.S., probably some to Mexico as well. The administration also issued its highest travel alert to China, introduced a quarantine, and announced it would deny entry to foreign nationals who had been in China in the past two weeks. A Chinese foreign ministry spokesperson accused the Trump administration of spreading fear and panic. But Derek Scissors, an Asia economist at the American Enterprise Institute, says many other countries have also introduced travel restrictions. The Chinese are more sensitive to the United States closing its borders than any other country because we're the global leader. If Burundi closes its borders, if Belgium closes its borders, if Botswana closes its borders, it doesn't really matter. Scissors says the administration doesn't believe China has been forthcoming about the scope of the virus or the measures it's taking to contain it. Scott Kennedy, a China specialist at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, says historically the Chinese have wanted to control the message. But Kennedy says the U.S. is justified pushing Beijing for more information. The U.S. needs a lot more transparency from China, and we need that to be built in so that if we're going to continue to allow people to, to travel back and forth and do business with each other, we don't have a constant fear about the health consequences of that. There is one ray of hope. Beijing says it will consider allowing American scientists to join a team from the World Health Organization when it travels to China in the coming days. Jackie Northam, NPR News.
Welcome back. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's uh, thirty nine minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. It's time to get to our second topic of the morning. But he seems to be melting down at his slipping poll numbers. There is new reporting from multiple news outlets that President Trump lashed out his campaign manager after he was given polls that showed that he was trailing Joe Biden very badly in several key states. Trump was briefed in a series of phone calls last week by his political advisors, including his campaign manager, Brad Parscale, Republican National Committee Chair, Ronna McDaniel, and son-in-law, Jared Kushner. The aides showed the president his re-election campaign's latest internal polls, which showed him trailing Joe Biden in several key states. Multiple sources familiar with the briefing confirmed to NBC News. One source descri- described Trump as being in a, quote, horrific mood as Pascal walked him through the polling. All right, so uh, Donald Trump is losing in some key states, battleground states, states that he, that he won, obviously, during 2016, because that's the reason why the guy is sitting in the White House right now. He had the ability to get that, uh, we call it the inside straight, the very best hand, one of those lucky hands in, in poker. You know, the bottom line is, uh, you know, you're at the <laughs> how he won the presidency is something that uh, historians will have to go back and just try to, you know, diagnose forever and ever and ever, because the guy was everything said he was going to lose. Everybody was ready for Hillary Clinton to be the first female president, then all of a sudden, kapow, 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 the guy hit the hit a home, grand slam at the bottom of the knife, 3-2 pitch, you know, two outs left of the game. So it was, it's just something to, to yeah, I'm still, I still marvel at how he pulled this off. So uh, let's get into this conversation, but before that, I know we have a call. Mr. Elias, do you want to take the call now, or do you want to take it towards the end of the segment. You tell me. Well, we can take it now, man. Let's All right, let's, let's bring him in. It's a former colleague of ours, Steve, is in the house. Steve wants to weigh in. Good morning, Steve. Welcome to the serious side. How are you doing today? I'm doing better than I deserve, sir. Jay, condolences to you and your family. And, uh, Thank you, sir. And for your brother. Um, out Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Concerned. Yes, sir. Uh, Donald Trump, what makes him very dangerous, I've never seen anything like this. Remember, he was a New York Democrat for decades. He knows how to appeal to different groups of people, but the black Trump supporters, I have never seen so many black Republicans in my life. I got a guy on YouTube named Young Pharaoh, hundreds of thousands of followers, black Trump supporters. you're You're seeing this, and then... During the election year in 2016, you had Trump come on the Alex Jones show talk about, uh, you know, and so he, he has support not only from his base, but also from people like Alex Jones, and you've got these black Trump supporters coming on TV, coming on YouTube with their guns, don't you touch my president, black gun owners, and so Trump is one of these dudes where he'll act like, okay, he's against vaccines, 9-11 was an inside job, so he, he he likes to appeal to as many people as possible, even if they believe in conspiracy theories, and that's how he increases the size of his base, is he'll appeal to people 
even though he won't necessarily execute the agenda that they want done. And I've got a United Nations report, 130 million to 260 million people are set to starve to death. And they're killing livestock. They're saying, oh, the livestock's infected with COVID-19. So normally about 10 million people starve to death. Now now it's set to it's set to be even more. And remember, Jay, I came on the show weeks ago and talked about population reduction. We've got to pay attention to the food supply. They're killing livestock in the name of livestock being infected with COVID-19. Now, Jay, yeah. it wasn't going to be important, sir, is that we keep our children away from this 5G. I think the 5G at 60 gigahertz is stopping human breathing. They're going in. They're dying in, in the emergency rooms. And then as a cover-up, they just write on the death certificate they died of COVID-19. I think the 5G is stopping people from breathing oxygen. And it's killing people. But well, that, you know, it's interesting Trump, you say that, Steve. I, I mean, you yeah. know, when when you yeah. when you say the the five G, here's what, something I want to do uh, uh, next week, and I want to invite you to sit in on this session. I want to talk about the Black Republicans. We, we don't have time to get into it this morning, but I want to talk about that because I, I, if my memory serves me correctly, and I don't want to get into a back and forth with you this morning because we're on limited time, but I want you to come back next week. I think that you were one of the guys that that was. I thought you supported Trump in the beginning, if my memory serves me correctly. But but hold that thought. We'll leave that as a tease for next week. We'll talk about this next week. You come on in. Come on back next week. I want you to sit in on that session because you're right. It, it's amazing to watch uh, the number of uh, black Republicans that are still out there. And I appreciate we appreciate yeah. the call, Steve. Come back next week. It's amazing. The, the number of black Republicans we have, have out there, but I want to talk about that next week, and I definitely want to hear him because I think he, still is, I think my memory serves me. He was, I don't know. I, we'll let him respond to that next yeah. week. All right, uh, poll numbers. Uh, I talked about the poll numbers, so let, let me just go straight to the conversation to the peeps, to my girl Vanessa. Let me start with you. Democrats are excited about polls. Now you know we have our brother on the panel, our family member, Mr. Jerome Spree, say, hey. Polls ain't nothing. They ain't worth the paper that they printed on. But apparently this has set off some panic in the camp in the Trump campaign because their deep, deep, deep internal polls are showing that he's in trouble. And one of the reasons why Hillary Clinton lost a lot of these states, even though people said they were going to vote for her, she had high negative marks. Biden doesn't have high negative marks. And he is beating him. Matter of fact, in the state of Texas, he and Trump are tied. Now, come on. State of Texas. Straight up red state. <laughs> and they are tied. So are we? is this much about nothing? Should we, should we even be concerned about this at this point? Well, you know, uh, Jerome always says polls don't mean a thing. I, I don't believe that polls are always accurate, but I do believe that polls give you an indication as to where it is that you need to be soliciting commercials. And apparently mm-hmm. the Trump camp is worried about Texas because I have seen some Donald Trump commercials here in Houston. Mm-hmm. So he must be kind of worried about Texas. But those polls must mean something to him because he's, he's putting commercials out of Houston. Yeah, I haven't seen any, but you know, I watch MSNBC all day long, and I'm pretty sure they don't accept that campaign, buddy, but who knows. Uh, <laughs> all right, Johnny, what about you, man? What do you think, man? You think these polls, should we even be getting excited about this at this stage? 
Well, I, I will say this right here. Don't be deceived. And, you know, earlier, Jay, you talked about 2016, and you said the Kapow. Well, let me tell you what the Kapow was. The Kapow was Russia. The Kapow was Caucasian yeah. women. The Kapow was African-American voters villainizing Hillary Clinton. And the Kapow was Hispanic and Latino voters voting for an individual who wanted to kick them out of the country. That's where the Kapow came in at. Now, as far as, and, and I I generally don't like to do this here, but I'm not understanding what data uh, Brother Steve is looking at um, when he talks about this, this, this plethora of African-American supporters for Donald Trump. I'm not seeing that. I mean, clearly, you see no. a couple of sprinkles here, there in his rallies, but this, this overwhelming What's up with support, the sprinkles, that's though? Not that's How not can happening. you be black and support this guy? Jay, Jay, I, now, 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 picture this here. Picture this. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm a firm believer that as we get older, as yep. we get older, our values become more in line with conservative beliefs. Now, I didn't say Republicans. I'm just saying more conservative beliefs. Um, we, okay. We're not as 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 prone to 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 look at things as 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 a youthful person would do so. So we just like things simple. And well, I'll speak for me. As I've gotten older, I I, I have certainly kind of weaned in. A, a lot of the things that I once would have done, and now I say, you know what, maybe that wasn't so smart, or maybe I need to start looking at this right here. So part of it is okay. education, but also part of it is that you have less needs, okay? You have less Good. needs. So from, from that perspective, I'm not saying that the party is going to be impacted. I just say that if you align with what the Republican Party claims to, claims to value, Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, as African American, as, as me as an African American male, as I've gotten older, I can certainly see where I'm, I'm a lot more moderate um, in, in my views than I was 20 years ago and certainly 30 years ago. So, do we have concern for the polls? I think Trump is concerned now, but as we come closer to those days where Joe Biden finally announces his vice president candidate. And I'm a firm believer in this right here. We've got to go ahead and start doing the groundwork in the grassroots. As difficult and as challenging as it is with the COVID-19, we can't be deceived. We have got to get our, 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 our grassroots out there. We've got to get young people to the polls. We've got to get ourselves to the polls. We've got to get those those. those African-American seniors to the poll because when he announces his candidate, if it is an African-American female or African-American male, then that is going to rally Trump's base. So I think, in, in essence, he's concerned now, but he understands he wants Joe Biden to put an African-American on the ticket so that he can start that divisiveness that he's been continuing for the last three and a half years. So we can't be we can't be we, we can't be uh, de- deceived by the fact that you know and comforted by the fact of where the polls are now because once he announces that candidate, okay, if it is not a Caucasian woman, then you know what we better put go bear the arms because we got to fight to the end now. We have a fight to the end wow. because it goes back to 2016. We know what, what we know what Caucasian women said they were going to do. 
and we know how offended they pretended to be. But when it was all said and done, we see the data after the fact. So let's not be let's not be deceived by that. Wow, that's interesting. Let me let me ask you, Kathleen. Uh, he brings up a good point. I'm not sure if you're the one that gave the amen, but you know, the, the bottom line is is that I think he is waiting, and I think he, I never looked at it from that perspective to say, okay, I hope he puts a black woman on that ticket, and if he does. We coming. We are coming. We are going to. I am going to play to my a my, uh, AR of uh, fifteen carrying uh, members out there. Rise up! They trying to take it from us. You don't want no black woman to be president because look how old Biden is. There's a possibility she could be president in the first term. He's already said he's not going to seek a second term. So the bottom line is that guess who's going to be in line to take over once he decides he's done? Come on, Bay, step up. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good point. That's a good point. Um, I don't know. I do think that it's, it's, with, with, what do I just think about the black woman as vice president or the... Yeah, I just think uh, the, just the, the whole climate. He, he brought up something. I know we're talking about polls. And you, can, you can comment on either or. You can talk about should we be concerned about the polls now uh, or what he just said, which is interesting, and I can't wait to hear because I want Jerome to definitely talk about the black woman on the ticket thing. But, but you can respond to the polls. Let's talk about that. Do you think we are too excited right now? Do you think the polls are going to hold up? Yeah, I think I, I don't think that we should rely on the polls. We relied on the polls for Hillary Clinton, like you said in the you know, you said in the opening. We oh yeah, Hillary Clinton is the next president and then, you know, bang boom, okie doke. You know, so just like I said you know, we uh we don't take the eyes off this guy, no matter who he yeah. chooses as the vice presidential candidate. But I do think that there's something to the, um, you know, listen, no matter what, no matter what, if they have, if we have another um, African-American person anywhere near the presidency, the same people that lost their minds before when President Obama was in office will lose their minds now. Because those are the same people that yep. are locked up with Trump no matter what, right? They don't care about the COVID-19 virus. They don't care. Well, look, it's, all it's doing is killing black folks anyway, so, you know, what's the problem? Mm. You know, that it's, not, yeah. it, it's not impacting them. What we see from sitting in a logical, a logical human body with a logical mind, there's no way that we're going to be able to think like these folks other than to just go back and say, well, how did the slave masters think? So if we think about that, then we can possibly understand where these people are coming from, and it does not matter to them. Nothing. They will die to make sure that white supremacy reigns. So, yes, I think that that is definitely an issue to contemplate. But we can't be running scared for the rest of our lives. Oh, my God, white America might be upset about our choice. What's that? White mm-hmm. America no, might be upset th- about our choice. So we better choose something else. White America might not like that I have locks, so I better go press my hair. White America might not take, you know, like forget white America. At some point we have to yeah. just move forward and do what we know is right. 
And Joe Biden, if he wins the presidency, which I believe he better win the presidency, if Joe Biden wins the presidency, it'll be because black folks voted for him. So why not have a black woman on the ticket? Suck it up, white America. We are smart. We're intelligent. We're brilliant. And and President Obama was the best president you've seen in your lifetime. Like it or not, suck it up and get with the program. You'd rather run the country into the ground with some idiot just so you can say that he was white and he was a white supremacist, so that's what you need? Get over it. Time to get over it. Wow. Move over. Wow. Time for, you know, just move over. Wow. That, 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 now, that normally would be a drop-the-mic moment, but unfortunately, I'd say I have to hear from my other two colleagues, but that was a tremendous, that was, that was just dramatic. I mean I, I mean, I don't know what to say, so I'm going to let uh, Jerome follow that up. Uh, Jerome, what you have to say, brother? And, and, and I definitely want to hear what you have to say about this notion that Johnny D. Brown, uh, you know, a good notion, the fact that, hey, uh, you know, we want him to put a black woman on that ticket because we're coming. Yeah. What do you think, man? Well, first of all, I don't know why you want me to follow that up, but... That's tough. It was a, you know, y'all have to talk. It was a, it was a drop the mic moment. I'm like, damn, where, where do we go? I mean, but hey, better you than me. That's a moment you than me. Jerome, follow that up. You're like, what? What? No. I don't know what to say. Okay, okay, I, can, I know where to begin. First of all... That whole black Republican thing, we should not waste our time on doing a show or even a segment on it. We really have more pressing things to do than pacify those few few fools that fools are who are um you know, who are fighting this state into a white supremacy kind of state. Forget them. We need well, to be forward and we need to not start focusing on stuff that creates fear. So this is a moment it is. where it's read out suckers from leaders. And in leadership you don't do that. Right, your fear is something that you need to suppress. Right, that is a devil's playground. Don't work in that space. Right, if we need to go forward, we need to figure out what to do and go forward. So, as far as this uh, polling stuff is concerned, I know this is two two different topics, but sorry, um, I never said that I don't believe in polling. I just said polling is not correct. So, think of polling as a consumer. a consumer confidence index. It's not really telling you anything. What it tells you is what certain white folks are thinking because they poll the same people, right? So for people who live in a bubble, that is really, really important in polling, right? Because that's why Trump is wigging out. He lives in a bubble. So if the people who liked him before is not supporting him, now he has a problem. But I, like we all know, 90% of people don't like him. So that was never going to happen. So now you need an opponent that people dislike, and Hillary's not there. So mm-hmm. the problem is that we keep trying to do, you know, our rational thinking on false narratives, which always gives us the wrong answer. So Hillary's not there. There is no boogeyman for you. You can try to create one out of Biden all you want to, but he is not Hillary. And the problem with this is that it's the, the, the trick is to create fear and to say, hey, this guy is going to be in here or not. Biden needs to respect. And I think since he said he's going to have a woman, I think it would be really disrespectful to have a white woman, right? Um, it's not going to bring out black folks. I'm, I definitely will not vote for Trump, but I think that he, he's making a mistake because it still puts black people on edge to say we're, biting, we're, we're voting for the 
um, the best of two, uh, whatever we used to say about that, you know, the devil that you know kind of thing. Like, we still won't have no confidence in him. So he needs to do something to have for us to have confidence in him. And um, but I and that, but I honestly kind of think again on a personal side that Joe Biden has enough balance with black folks, but he don't own black folks. He is not a symbol for black folks, so he can't do that. Not himself. He needs to have somebody that we would say, okay, now we now we know you got it. But until he does that, uh, he can't do that with Elizabeth Warren or Klobuchar and all. He can't do it with them. You don't find the whitest of the white people. And then be like, hey, he's black. They, they're black people saviors. You need to be smarter. Hmm. So, you know, that, wow. it, it doesn't uh, make sense. Wow. That, that, that's interesting you say that. Uh, Mr. Elias, you get, obviously get the last word on this one. He said something, he as in Jerome said something I thought was interesting. He says, you know, listen, it's not enough just to put a woman on the ticket. It needs to be a black woman. And it can't be Klobuchar and and uh, Elizabeth Warren. Uh, you know, there's a tracking. Uh, every week they have the top ten candidates who they think who's going to be the vice president's vice presidential or vice uh, I mean, candidate to run, for, to run on the ticket as his VP. And uh, Carmella, she, con- she continues to be number one. Uh, Klobuchar is up to number two. Warren has, I think, dropped to seven the last time I checked it. But uh, someone who is uh, moving up is Keisha Bottoms, the, the mayor of uh, of Atlanta. I think she's at six. And uh, uh, the female that was on the, oh my gosh, I should know her name. She's from Baltimore. Thank you. Uh, she was uh, who? No, Baltimore. No, not that. Which they yeah. not, oh, no, no, she was she was on the impeachment committee. The sister that was on it, she was the former Baltimore oh, police chief. Oh, uh, Val Demings, Congressman uh, Demings. Demings, that's her. She she started gaining some some traction as well. So so I mean, my question first of all, real quick polls, should we be concerned about those? And let's, I wanted wanted to get your opinion on what Jerome just said. Um, if if he doesn't pick a black woman. I mean, would I mean would that lead some African Americans to say, "Hey, I'm not gonna go vote," because you promised a, a woman. You know, the black women. You know, black women. They're, they're the base of the Democratic Party. How can you not put one on the ticket? Hmm. Well, you know, yeah. What, what, what Jerome said was it, it was you know, wow. I never thought of it that way. You know, yeah. I, I just thought people were people were going to say, "Hey, no matter what, I want this clown out of office," but. He's yeah. right. It, it, it would probably be a direct slap in the face to, to to people of color to say, "Hey, look, man. You know, we, you know, we, but we we gotta we gotta put somebody in, of color in here because this it, this is crazy because this is not what we used to." So, um, yeah, man. I, I I I've been looking at candidates, man, and I do like I like I do like Keisha Lance Bottoms, and I like. Uh, I do like uh, Stacey Abrams. I do. I like. I like what she stands for. I do. Yeah, she was uh, falling but, in that poll. I looked at though. They 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 were saying that the reasons that they gave were that you know she just doesn't have a high political uh, high enough profile on the on the national basis from a political standpoint, and she really hasn't. You know, as far as leadership, you know, as far as being the executive, where does the experience come from? So, uh, interesting, interesting, well, interesting. That, um, that's, that's interesting. interesting you say that because. What did Donald Trump? I'm have? just saying. What, I'm not saying that. I'm just telling <laughs> yeah. you what what it said. I'm not saying that. 
Okay, uh, wow, that's good stuff, man. Well, I tell you what, thanks to Jerome, it's time for another edition of After the Break. After the Break is where I ask our panelists questions and give them the break to think about their response, and then they have 90 seconds to respond on the other side. So this week's question, and courtesy of my main man, Mr. Jerome Esprit, if Vice President Biden doesn't choose an African-American woman to be his running mate, will that suppress or make some of the black voters say, ah, not coming to the polls because you made me a promise that you couldn't keep? So that's this week's edition of After the Break. Uh, so once again, 90 seconds on the other side. I cannot wait to hear uh, what you guys have to say on this because I'm thinking, wow, uh, <laughs> wow. See, this is the one thing. This is the reason why I love the show. I mean, we talk and, you know, the show is there's no real format. We know what we want to talk about. But little things like this happen uh, during the course of the show. And you're like, whoa brings up a brand new perspective on what we're thinking. Folks, you guys are lucky. You, you really are. You're lucky to have the people that you have every Sunday that come here and we spend our time talking to you guys. You know, we pay for this time. We're not being paid to do this. You know, we pay for this time. But we come here every Sunday to give you our perspective. And like Johnny D said at the top of the show, bottom line is that we're so happy that you are allowing us in your homes, that we are reaching to people. It's a beautiful thing. And one last thing before we go to break, I just want to reemphasize and say this again, because as the show continues this morning, people are still, I guess some people are just hearing the word. I, I appreciate it, uh, all the well wishes uh, from my, my pops. Um, uh, what we're going to do, uh, just to kind of give you guys some background here, uh, instead of having a uh, funeral service, uh, we're going to have just a little small intimate service with us, uh, video chat for those of us who are not in town, and uh, we're going to, he's going to be cremated, and then we're going to have a funeral or a, you know, full-fledged memorial in the summer, uh, because he was active in the church, the church want to do it, and we want to allow family members to get there, but we don't want to, you know, put people in peril, because we have older folks in our families, and we don't want them to be exposed uh, to the virus, and social distancing is important, and as some of these states opened up this past weekend, they're starting to see, especially here in Texas, Texas just recorded their highest amount of deaths in new uh, people who have contracted the virus, so you have to be careful when you do this, you have to be careful, this is not a myth, you have to practice social distancing. All right, we'll take a break, we'll be right back after this, you're listening to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. But me, I'm so glad it's so sure that I love life. 
And I'm grateful for the air that I'm breathing And each day that I wake I know I'm here for a reason It's a joy that I have that shows up on my face And when I wake up each morning I look at myself and say Good morning beautiful skin I'm loving the skin that I'm in Hate is the root of all sin So I'm loving me from within It's crazy that I actually get the chance To open up my eyes and breathe again Laugh at myself and smile again some people have regrets about the past Lost in a world without a map But only if they knew they don't need that Life is a journey with no rules But the ones that you create And the boundaries are limitless It's about the limits that you take Every day you wake up It's a brand new day So when you wake up this morning to start your day and say Good morning, beautiful skin I'm loving the skin that I'm in Hate is the root of all sin So I'm loving me from within Good morning, beautiful Good morning, Welcome back to the serious side. If you are just joining us, here's what you have missed so far. The virus that we're talking about having to do, you know, a lot of people think that goes away in April with the heat. Because of all we've done, the risk to the American people remains very low. People die from the flu, and this is very unusual. And it is a little bit different, but in some ways it's easier, and in some ways it's a little bit tougher. Uh, but uh, we have it so well under control. I mean, view this the same as the flu. When somebody sneezes, I mean, I try and bail out as much as possible. It's going to disappear. One day it's like a miracle. It will disappear. And from our shores, we, you know, it could get worse before it gets better. It could maybe go away. We'll see what happens. Nobody really knows. The fact is, the greatest experts have spoken to them all. Nobody really knows. We're ordering a lot of supplies. We're ordering a lot of, a uh, lot of elements that frankly we wouldn't be ordering unless it was something like this but we're ordering a lot of different uh, elements of medical now the democrats are politicizing the coronavirus and this is their new hoax if you're healthy uh you will probably uh go through a process and and you'll be fine but he seems to be melting down at his slipping poll numbers. There is new reporting from multiple news outlets that President Trump lashed out his campaign manager after he was given polls that showed that he was trailing Joe Biden very badly in several key states. 
Trump was briefed in a series of phone calls last week by his political advisors, including his campaign manager, Brad Parscale, Republican National Committee Chair, Ronna McDaniel, and son-in-law, Jared Kushner. The aides showed the president his re-election campaign's latest internal polls, which showed him trailing Joe Biden in several key states. Multiple sources familiar with the briefing confirmed to NBC News. One source descri- described Trump as being in a, quote, horrific mood as Pascal walked him through the polling. Welcome back in, 347 It's a serious time on a beautiful Sunday. Glad you guys are here. And as always, I want to say hello to my peeps, my family. I love them dearly. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss uh, Vanessa May Belly from the Macinelli. Vanessa, good morning. How are you? Good morning. And good morning to everybody on the channel. A lot of good to see y'all. Well, I love you to death. Uh, Miss Kathleen Williams is in the house. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you? Doing great this morning. Thank God. Good morning, everybody. Give him the praise and glory. Smartest man in the room. Uh, Mr. Well, not smartest. I call him the educated brother, I should call him. He's also the smartest man as well. The one and only Mr. Johnny D. And the place to be. Good morning, John. How you doing, man? Good morning. I'm blessed and uh, just glad to be here. Absolutely. Glad that you're in the house. And the smartest man in the world, the one and only Mr. Gerard Spree. What's going on, man? How you doing? And I'm good, man. How you doing? Doing all right, man. Let me ask you something. Can you give me a, just a sneak peek of something that you may talk about today uh, in, uh, in your in your session, in your segment that's coming up on the need to know basis? Well, you, you know, I want to talk about this. Um, you know, I missed last time, but the Chris Matthews um, statement that he made. Did he retire? Yeah. I, want, I want to talk yeah. about that a little bit. Ooh, can't wait to hear about that. That's coming up, but on a need-to-know basis. I'm re- yeah, well, it's my favorite part of the show anyway, but I'm really intrigued now. The man who uh, really gets the first and last word and really runs everything around here, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, good morning, good morning, sir. Good morning, Jerome. Good morning, Kathleen. Uh, good morning, Vanessa. Uh, and good morning, Hawk. High five to the brothers. All right, Mr. Elias, man, can we say hello to the people in the chat? Yeah, so we have, uh, of course, our favorite listener, Corbina, man, in there. Easy Water, Bubba Bright, and Green Beasley in there, man. All right, what's going on, guys? How you got For Mariana Music, that was uh, Leah Renee Dior, and the name of the song is called Good Morning. Mariana, babe, we haven't heard from you. I hope you are doing well. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard from her either. Um, and still yeah. haven't heard from her. So, um, yeah, I'll talk about that a little later. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little concerned about that. All right, the pastor's in the house. Uh, what's going on, Pastor uh, Jones? Appreciate your kind words last week. Uh, Cynthia, Mary, uh, Joseph. Uh, look at that, Mary and Joseph. That's a coincidence. Uh, let's see here. Who else? Uh, Denise, Rachel. Demetrius, there's so many people listening. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and checking in with us on social media. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is our call number. Special thanks to Steve too for checking in. It's a call number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, uh, like I said uh, before the break, I asked a question to our distinguished panelists about uh, this whole situation of Joe Biden doesn't pick 
an African-American woman to be on the ticket. So now it's time for me to get their answers. 90 seconds on the clock, please. And let me start with you, Vanessa. Vanessa, do you think that there will be some type of, uh, would there be some type of revolution if the vice president doesn't pick an African-American woman to be his running mate on the ticket? Hey, Jake. Yeah, I think it's going to be some mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I said mess. I, I, okay. <laughs> I, do, I, do, I, do, I do. I do. I do. I think it's going to get a little messy. But let me say this. Um, he did say he would pick a woman to be his VP, but he did say he would also pick a black woman on the Supreme Court. And I keep trying to push that. He did say he would pick a black woman on the Supreme Court because he felt that it was time for one. But but I, me and Les continually post over and over and over, vote blue no matter who and no matter what. And when you say that Texas is leading a little bit, I feel that I have a little something to do with that because I am under <laughs> behind about Trump. And so, I, you know, I got people and flight attendants just on my board from all over the world and if they see it or click like it that means that other people see it so I am on I am on Trump behind 24-7 and I'm doing everything I can to make sure that these young black people don't feel like if he doesn't choose a black woman to still get their behinds out there and vote so vote blue no matter who and no matter what Wow, look at that. She finished right there with a minute, 27 seconds. Look at this one. That's what I'm talking about, utilizing that time. All right, Johnny D, clock starts with you. Same question. What's your response? My response is not going to be as as, as elaborate as Ms. Vanessa's. Uh, I think that that the American public overall is, is sick of this, this debauchery, uh, this divisiveness uh, the lies, the deception so will it matter to me it will, will it stop me from going to the polls, it will not I won't speak on the other 330 plus million people in in, in America but I I would like to believe that the conscience of America will play big in November and that it will not matter on the surface in regards to this guy getting out, okay, does it matter it does because we need to extend and express our political capital uh, more so this year than than in years past. But the big the big picture is getting getting that, that retrobate out of the office. Wow! Look at Johnny right there at the minute oh four. Look at him. All right, Kathleen, your turn. Clock starts. What do you think? Okay, so um, I'm glad we're on the radio, so people can't throw anything at me. But one, I don't. <laughs> I don't think that the um, the black community is is very forgiving, and I believe that there will not be an uprising against Biden um, if he does not choose a black female, a black woman as his running mate. I don't think so. Um, I don't think it would be good for him if he doesn't choose. A black woman if he chooses a woman However And here's the tomatoes Y'all can throw them but I have my Protect PPE on I really think that there should be A Biden 
Cuomo or a Biden Newsom ticket. I think he should. He needs to go with um, somebody who's on the on the um, the national stage right now, who has kicked behind in this COVID uh, nineteen virus pandemic uh, approach. And that's what I think. And I think if he if he wants to lock it in, he doesn't. If he doesn't pick a woman. He gotta lock it in with a hard knock, you know, a hard knock like man. If he's gonna do that and pick Cuomo or Newsom. All right, that's ninety seconds. Ooh, let me no- step in now because I ooh, ooh, I'm watching stuff. Ooh, ninety seconds gone, Kathleen. Ooh, Lord have mercy, Jesus. Woo! <laughs> oh my God, she definitely stirred the Ms. coffee Kathleen pot with that one. Yeah, she she Newsom is the the governor of uh, California. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's go to uh, Jerome. Jerome, clock starts, man. You started this. What's your response? And stop putting Jerome behind me, cause you know that. Is- <laughs> I know that's right. There's no contradiction. Don't even let Jerome go first. That ain't even right. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I I don't I don't think there's gonna be. You know, we're forgiving. I think did say it right. You know, we're forgiving people. It ain't. It's not like we're gonna go off the rails and vote for Trump. Like that ain't gonna happen. So technically, we're gonna still be mad at the system for not changing itself. And so, um, I, I'm gonna say that there's no big um, upswing. But I think when or, or downswing of black voters, I just think that they shouldn't be rewarding white women because that is not a reliable um, voting base to begin with. And I can see Ooh. really – I know I need – give me like five, ten seconds. I can really see no, why good. this is, though. What you say, Jay? No, you're good. You, you still got 30 seconds. Go. Okay. But So I can see why this is, this is a problem, right? So if you're a strategist and you're in Biden's camp, what's going on is they're saying, hey, you got a bunch of black voters – um, Elizabeth Warren, Kamala, all of those guys got none. So you're good on that side. So maybe we not, might need to go get white women. Like they, I can see them doing this, and this is why they are wrong. They need. That's why you have to have black people work inside of your campaigns. Because I can see why white folks would think that they wouldn't need a black person. I can see it really clearly. Wow. That's a good point. See, now you're bringing up something else that we need to talk. We'll talk about that next week. I like see Jerome. Maybe I should. Maybe we should consult with Jerome, Mr. Elias, before we start doing all this stuff. And he still <laughs> kept it at uh, 90 seconds. Look at this guy. All right, Mr. Elias, uh, pressure's on you, man. You have 90 seconds. Your response, please. Well, you know what, Jay? I don't. I, I'm, I'm like Kathleen on this. Black folks are forgiving, and the climate that we're in now, I do believe that. Uh, no matter what, like Vanessa said, vote blue no matter who, that's what we're going to do. Because people are tired of this clown, man. You know, you got, you got his face that are going to support him no matter what and forgive him no matter what. So, yeah, I, I think that no, no matter what, people are just tired of this clown and they're going to get him out of office. Wow. All right. That's this week's edition of After the Break. Some good responses. And, boy, their company at Kathleen has... Uh, she has uh, started up something here. i got to read some of these doing Chatterbox. Okay. That's coming up uh, in about uh, 15 minutes or so. Yeah, yeah, they're coming. All right. So they, uh, you did something when you made that comment. All right. Time for our final topic of the morning. Wow. 
I'm confident there's nothing. No one ever brought it to the attention of me 27 years ago. This is any assertion at all. No one that I'm aware of in my campaign, at, excuse me, my, my Senate office at the time, is aware of any such uh, request and, uh, uh, or any such complaint. Uh, and uh, and so the, I, 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 I'm not worried about it at all. If there is a complaint, that's where it would be. That's where it would be filed. Would you please go on the record with the American people? Did you sexually assault Tara Reid? No, it is not true. I'm saying unequivocally, it never, never happened. And it didn't. It never happened. All right, that was uh, former Vice President Joe Biden. Uh, this week was the first time he actually addressed the allegations uh, uh, from Tara Reid. Tara Reid is said that the vice president, when he was a senator, sexually assaulted her. Um, for the record, we have talked about this, but because of the fact that he actually addressed it, I think it's just uh, we need to, to talk about it again. Uh, because I want to make sure people understand what's going on. You see a headline, and then all of a sudden you're thinking, okay, he did something. You know, Maybe he did it, maybe he did not. Uh, but everything, all indicators are showing, are saying, are pointing to the fact that uh, you know, nothing happened uh, between Joe Biden and this young lady, and but it's starting to catch. It's starting to get some wings because it's even getting. It, it has even gotten to the point where the Obama uh, administration or people from the Obama administration that vetted uh, Joe Biden for vice president he released a statement this week saying, "Listen, we find anything that supports these these claims." Um, I don't know if any of you all saw the interview on Morning Joe. I watched it, and I'll give you my thoughts on it here in a second. I want to hear from y'all. Let, let me start with you, it. Kathleen. I watched yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Let me, let, let me start with you, Kathleen. What do you think, and do you think that this is going to hurt him? Uh, because, you know, this is such a turbulent time in our country, and you, you just want your candidates to be able to step up. And I'm reading stuff, all oh, you know, Biden's a flawed candidate, blah, blah, blah. And then you add this to the Kool-Aid. So well, what did you – you saw the interview. What are your thoughts on this, Kathleen? Okay, so listen, is anybody not a flawed candidate? Somebody's going to have something somewhere. I'm not minimizing or excusing whatever the claims are. But I, I just wish, you know what, uh, MSNBC, CNN, ABC, whatever, listen, I'm available and I'm looking for a job right now. So just call me because I would like to be one of the reporters because I would like for somebody to just say, okay, we got two potential predators on the ticket. What are you, is yours worse than his or do we even need to be talking about this right now? Like, look, we got to choose one of you. They got to choose one of them. We're going to choose either Trump or we're going to choose this. And so the dog whistler, Mr. Trump, gets on the air and says, oh, yeah, you know what? I feel sorry for Biden because this actually is something that they tried to put on me. So now, look, I have empathy for him because I know that I'm not, you know what I mean? So now they're going to say, well, which one is which one of them is worse? This is so ridiculous. It's such a major distraction. While we're over here playing around with whether or not Biden was not vetted correctly, I think Jerome spoke to this best. The man was vice president two terms. He's been in the Senate yep. since, he, since he was a pup. And so now we're going to turn around and just try to turn up, up turn the apple cart. 
because of this allegation. I'm not trying to judge the lady and say it's true, it's not true, whatever. But at this point, I just feel like, listen, we got so many more things that we got to worry about. And we're going to end up with two guys that one of them, oh, please, Jesus, I can't even begin to start with Trump stuff. So I don't think it's going to upset his campaign at this point. Only to the extent that the media starts playing with it. Because I've seen one of the reporters, I think it was on Don Lemon, um, and Don Lemon start to say, oh, well, you know what? I think that there's some credibility to this because of who she told the neighbor, told the liberal. You know, come on. This is how they mess up every election. So I I rest. Yeah. All right. Uh, let me uh, let me get Vanessa. Vanessa, um I don't know if you saw the interview. Um, oh, yeah. Did you see it? Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. So I what did, did you think I, of the interview? My, my, body, uh-huh. my body automatically wakes up uh, at about 20 minutes till 5, and we go to bed, and we put that TV on 215 before we go to sleep. Who I am surprised is that Jerome was looking at it. Now, that shocks me. But, um, you know, Mika, I was, Mika made me sit up in the bed. Because she was like playing devil's, and I was like saying some ugly words in the bed early in the morning, like kind of cussing her out. And Bobby just kind of rolls over and says, "Vanessa, she's playing devil's advocate." So I mean, but you know, but hold on, hold on, but Vanessa, but but think, Vanessa, I'm gonna let you finish. But you know, you can tell that she is a avid Joe Biden supporter and you could tell that that whole thing she was uncomfortable she it would hurt her to ask those questions she was almost on the on to me on the verge of crying i mean she loves joe biden go back and look at everything she's ever said yeah. about him go yeah, ahead but yeah. I, I thought it was uncomfortable for her go ahead I don't but, think I, so. but i still say <laughs> some of the questions she asked she didn't look that uncomfortable now jay she sure did she looked like she looked like I'm gonna treat you as if you're on it court. Now I haven't said a whole lot on the show today, but this right here struck a nerve with me, and I was really upset at some of the stuff that she didn't seem upset to ask. There was one or two things she looked uncomfortable, but I was sitting up in the bed and I was raising cane at five o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, listening to her. And till Bobby said, Vanessa, she's just treating him as if one of Trump's people was questioning him. Because he was out there. But let me say this. The girl has backtracked on some of her stuff. And Obama has, Obama's person, uh, chief chief of staff, and chief of staff or whatever, has made a statement and said, when we vetted Joe Biden, none of this came up. And we had to vet him fully for this position. So we don't know where this came from. And then the girl's brother was interviewed. He said, I don't know anything about that. I, I didn't hear anything about that. I don't know anything about that. We said different lives. Then he came back and he said, oh, yeah, I remember she did say that. So that's the reason why the girl backed up off the interview she was supposed to do yesterday or day before yesterday because she's getting trained up in her life. That's what I thought she was supposed to I'm do sorry? interviews today, but I'm not certain. I thought she was she supposed to do interviews today, but... She canceled one from, I think it was Friday or Saturday. I actually think it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. She canceled one. Mm-hmm. So this girl is realizing, okay, I didn't get caught up in all of this, and I'm going to back up. And you know what I said on Facebook? I, and I'm going to end with this. I don't care what Joe Biden, Joseph Biden, 
I don't care what he has done or what y'all think he has done. It is nothing worse than that crouch-grabbing Donald J. Trump. So they can let that go. And everybody on Facebook is just chewing people out who post anything about that girl. They say delete it off of your page so nobody can see it, and that's what we're doing. Interesting. All right, uh, let me. Uh, I'm gonna go to Jerome. I'm gonna take Jerome last this time. I want to hear Jerome from Jerome now. Jerome, your thoughts? Well, you know, it's. I I agree with everyone, but I can tell you this. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really. You know, I don't care how this sounds, but I, I can really care less with what she has to say. For one, and two, Mika is not. She wasn't broken up about that. Mika, if you watch when she kept asking Joe Biden the question, he answered it, and she kept saying she wanted him to say, um, you can look into the archive that keeps the um, the Senate record where he communicated with the president and he communicated, can you do a search to see if her name's in there? He said, why would the name be in there? That's a record of, uh, of legislation stuff. She's like, yeah, but would you give permission? So she wasn't broken up about this. She's a she's a feminist, and I, I if I was on there like like Kathleen said, if they called me to be on there, I'd be like Mika. You know, my response as Joe Biden would have been like, it is inappropriate to have relationships in the workplace. You shouldn't be dating people or having any relationships in the workplace. Mika and Joe Scarborough, <laughs> didn't your ass when you oh, were you married when you was messing with the dude in the work? Oh, you're a damn feminist. And save that. That little, that little white, um, um, what is it? It's like a that white privilege thing. That oh my gosh, I'm for women's rights and blah blah blah. She was friends with Donald Trump too. She and Joe was kissing up to that. Right, just like just like just like Chuck Todd and all of them. They're just fighting with each other, but them fools are not on our team. So I don't give them no respect for none of this stuff. And you, you're right, Vanessa. It's very rare that I watch it. And sometimes I, I'll fall asleep and that, that it's on that station. And I'll wake up and it's on. But I, I will watch a little bit of it as much as I can stand. But I can tell you I can't stand much of it. They're both pricks. And and, and they actually have their on there. Seriously. Wow. I, it is really white bread. Funny Joe is. And so well, I wouldn't believe Jack Squat that they say on that show. Well, tell us how you really feel, Jerome. Not as it pertains to us, anyway. I would say but, the same thing. All right, well, yeah, yeah, tell us how you really feel. All right, Johnny Megan, well, what's your thoughts on this, brother? You see the interview, and what do you think? You think that this is going to hurt him long term, or what? The, the question being, do I think it's going to hurt him long term? No, only to those individuals who, who truly desire to make it an issue. Uh, I, I think that uh, looking at some of the, the, the things that I've, I've had to focus on in, in my professional career, part of it is to be able to detect the truth and look at circumstantial evidence. And I, I, I look back to the era, which was the 90s, and I, I think about the workplace that existed when I, be, I I left the military and came into the civilian workplace and then eventually got back into law enforcement. And there was a culture of, 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 of sexual harassment 
okay? Now, I also have been to the Capitol, and I, and I think about the numerous cameras that are currently there now that may not have existed back in 1993. Now, it's hard for me to conceive that such an egregious act could occur in such an open place uh, as far as being able to insert your fingers in someone. But now, what she had originally informed one of, her, one of the, the, the colleagues uh, in regards to being sexually harassed, now, I do think that that's probably valid, okay? Now, the sexual assault piece, uh, you know, given the fact that I'll never be, you know, privileged to reports and, you know, scenarios and situations like that, I will have to just simply say, you know what, I can see that Joe Biden is a man of his word and didn't do anything that egregious. But as far as the sexual harassment, it was it, it was open warfare on women at that particular time in the workplace. And you look at Joe Biden in the 70s, where he aligned himself with, with, with some individuals who said some some white supremacist comments. And you go to the 90s where, you know, the Caucasian male was was predominant in the workplace and the balls and staying and doing whatever they thought that they could get away with. Then yeah, I think that the pro- the possibility is there that he may have said some comments to that young lady. So I don't dismiss it um, in, in 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 likeness to where where the wholesale you know public may. I, I still think that we are accountable. I don't compare him to Trump by any means. I think everybody is measured on, on their own merits. So in essence, is it gonna stop me from voting for him? No, it, it will not. But do do I take words of the young lady and give it get give it life? You have to. You have to. And and I just think that in that era, in that time, that the possibility for him to have said something to, to that young lady uh, probably is so. You know, you look at the time, you look at the era. It was it was pretty common at that point in time. Yeah. Well. All right, Mr. Elias, man, you get the last word on this, man. Well, 37 minutes after the hour, you get the last word, man. What do you think, brother? Saw the interview and your uh, thoughts. I, I didn't see the interview, Jay. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to see it. You know, I'm an essential worker, so I don't get a chance to watch him when John was at work by that time. So I didn't see the interview. We're sorry. On, yeah, no, I'm not. That out there is a, is a gripe, sir. But okay, all right, my bad. No, but you know, I'm not, I'm not a gripe. No, I'm not. A, I'm not. I'm not regretting anything. But, no, I'm just. I'm um, with you, Mr. But, uh, you know, man, coming coming from a guy that has been accused falsely. By a woman of something that I never did, I can see, you know, his the point of it. But bottom line, if he did do it, he needs to pay for it, man. Bottom line, if, if he if he did it, he, he needs to pay. He needs to he needs to own up to it and be a man about it, man. You know, we I, I know I've done stuff that I'm not proud of, and you know, I gotta admit to it. But what I was accused of, man, look, no. Didn't even come close to it. So, bottom line is, if he, he if he did do it, then he needs to he needs to own up to it. He better take it to his grave. Don't listen to you. All right, oh, no. there it is. Let me tell you what. Forget <laughs> that. They didn't catch it when they said it. Happened. That's, that's the point. <laughs> 
Alrighty, so it is time for Chatterbox. We're not going to do a break because we are so far in it. I want to make sure I give Jerome enough time to do his segment. All right, it's time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the world famous chat room and from social media. And I, I'm not going to read everything that's in here, but I'll read a few. But, Mr. Elias, do you have anything you want to contribute to this part of the show? Yeah. Yeah, Bobo Bright said uh, he calls the virus COVID-45. And then uh, Corvina Man oh. says he's been calling the mega, the mega virus. You know, I was like, wow. <laughs> Make America is, great again crazy. virus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, wow. that is a good name. Wow. I've been yeah. thinking about how yeah. they should name it after him anyway. The Fort Cobra. Yeah. yeah. 45. Yeah. Go get a t-shirt. Put, go, go, you like better go get a t-shirt and uh, patent it. Yeah, there you go. Patent it, uh, Cobra. I mean, uh, Kavina, you may have may be onto something there, man. Uh, interesting. I wonder yeah. how easy it feels that his, his soulmate is. I think it looks like he's uh, not uh, they're not on the same team anymore. Yeah. Anything he, else you have? Yeah, he's not said a word. Yeah, he, he hasn't said a word to him, man, about it. No, you know, uh, you know, he said some stuff in there I won't read on the air, but I'm like, wow. <laughs> if you read this, okay. thing, you would just like it. Yeah. Like we finally won one. All right, let me read a few here before we get into it. Uh, I have one from the pastor's Peace and Blessings family. Jay, it's so good to hear your voice on the airwaves. I agree with you earlier with your earlier comments on Mr. Elias filling in. He did a masterful job. You guys are the best. God bless. P.S. Pastor Williams' words of uh, inspiration were beautiful and accepted, well accepted. All right, Pastor, there you Most go. Definitely. Appreciate your comments. Uh, David D. from Las Vegas says, I am a gambler, and we should do an over-under on who goes over their 90 seconds for the 18th. <laughs> okay, you do that, David. Uh, Veronica from, uh, I guess this is uh, from Georgia. I'm shocked to hear a black woman suggest that Biden picks a white man over the plethora of qualified black women more than qualified to fill the position. Mm, knew that was coming. And uh, here's one from Sharon Brooklyn. All I can say is there's a double standard when it comes to these types of things. And wow, there you go. So on that note, um, I think we are done. I'm not reading the rest. We just don't have time, folks. Sorry about that. Right, and on that note. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Alright folks, it is time for my favorite part of the show on the need to know basis with Mr. Jerome Freeman. Jerome, what do you have for us? Well, you know that Dow this week plunged at some point this week plunged um, six hundred points after Trump threatened I'm oh, sorry, Dotard threatened new tariffs on China in retaliation for the coronavirus pandemic. So Again, he sent up, not only did he spend up a couple of trillion dollars in tax breaks that he didn't need to do, and mm-hmm. tariffs on people who he didn't, and raised prices, he keeps doing it. Not, we're not even talking about his pandemic stuff. We're talking about him just being incompetent and just crazy. So the market's <laughs> hit because he, wow. he's trying to distract from one thing to another. That's why. Exactly. Look at this shiny object. Look at this. Look at this. Look, yeah, does, yeah. I got man. I got something I want to announce. You know, yeah. he, should bring, he should bring back Herman Cain and make him ahead of the pandemic stuff. <laughs> he should just do something. Nine, nine, nine. That's what our rate's going to be. All right. So mm-hmm. Denmark's 
coronavirus rate of infection has risen from 0.06, well, 0.6 to 0.9 since schools reopened. So, again, oh. the United States, take a lesson. Denmark um, Infectious Disease Agency, um, the state um, serum institute, or the SSI, uh, found a so-called um, reproduction rate. And they said that, you know, they wanted to open schools. They opened them at, on April 15th, and the lockdown was eased. And the rate of infection rose. So, again, for all these people who are saying, you know, who are picketing, talking about we want to, you know, they should drop the the, um, stay at home. Just look at other countries who did and see how that's working out for them. Now, more than a million people across the world have now recovered from the deadly coronavirus is what the figures are showing. Statistics show that the U.S. has seen more than 153,000 people recover from the Ill, from the illness followed by Germany which is 200 and um well which is 123,000 and Spain has 112,000 now the FDA has approved what they're calling a game-changing wonder drug it was a it was a drug that was used to fight Ebola and it could be the world's first real weapon against the COVID-19 or the new COVID-45 um so the FDA approved um, <laughs> for emergency use for uh, emergency use for corona patients. Um, so they studied it, and they're just saying the early data shows that it could affect. Uh, it, it's having a good outcome in sh- um, shortening the amount of um, time that that virus is in your system, or recovery time anyway. All right. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, okay, billionaire investor Warren Buffett revealed that his Ber- um, Berkshire has offloaded $4 billion of airline stock, roughly 10% um, in the four, the four largest airlines because the world has changed for the industry during the pandemic. So he dumped the stock, but he does say buy stock. I am telling you, if mm-hmm. airline stock drops a little bit more, I'm buying nothing but airline stock. Because I, I bought it. <laughs> yep, that's how we get our mail. Like people think the yeah. airlines is just like you know casual like vacation travelers or something. That's not what our airline industry turned into. It's the reason why you can order Amazon and your butt get it the next day. It ain't just UPS and stuff doing that. As a matter of fact, UPS and FedEx use the po- use the airlines because they use the postal service to get them from some places that they don't even have. Um, supply chain stuff in. They actually use the... You're absolutely right. Our yeah. airline is doing it now, Jerome. Yeah. Yep, I know. My well, airline that I work with. Yeah. Yep. Deliver mail and packages because that's the big thing. If everybody's ordering online, the airlines are, are, are used more for transport. So that, that happens. Now, Exxon posted um, $610 million quarterly loss. It's the first in 30 years. Um, since the oil demand plummet and collapsing oil prices, um, Chevron curtailed their U.S. shale oil production. Both companies, Exxon and Chevron, will slash um, their spending budgets by 30% this year, saying that the spending costs will weigh heavy on their shale oil production, which has made the U.S. the top. If you don't know, the U.S. is the world's top oil producer. So although we keep depending on what everybody else is saying, we are still number one in producing oil. 
right now, American biologist. Say it again. I am by. You're what? I am buying all the oil futures I can. Oh, yeah, right yeah. You want, hey, we talked about that. Get some oil futures. Because <laughs> once they go yeah. negative, when they, people are going to, those factories are going to fire back up. Airlines are going to fire up their routes. At some point, they're, they're yeah. you know, you buy now. Your your money's going to, that's going to be a good investment. I bought a hundred shares of Carnival. Oh, you said what? Carnival. I bought a hundred shares of Carnival because I got it for $8. Yeah. <laughs> yep. See, so yep, all of that stuff is gonna make a. Yep. Just find out what they were before the the pandemic hit. Buy it. It's gonna at least get halfway there if it, it you know within the next yeah. year. So, all right. Now American Airlines, Delta, and United will ask passengers to wear face masks on um, on board of flights starting May fourth, which is tomorrow. They will also. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. They'll only be allowing them to take them off during meal time. So United Airlines, Delta Airlines, and American Airlines have announced that they will be asking travelers to wear face masks. And I think, I think Southwest has already done that. There were several airlines that already did it. So the other ones are following. So everybody needs to wear face masks. We got to fly. Um, you know, facial recognition company Clear Clearview AI. Uh, they again are saying that they're trying. They they are accused of using the coronavirus contact tracing, and to try to legitimize its sh- shady surveillance system. So Senator Edward Markey has blasted that company and their CEO, and because they've been working with Republicans as well and some white supremacists, this Clearview AI, and they are working. They announced that they're working with three states, and um the federal government, federal authorities to use facial recognition to track the spread of coronavirus. Now, if that private company gets a hold of everybody's data and they're white supremacists and they're, it is, they're just, again, going to use it for some nefarious activities, they have a deeper motive for wanting your facial recognition information. So I would not opt in to Jack that's going to allow these people to have your information. It's almost as bad, you know, as wow. it's almost as bad as the people in Georgia. And from what I hear is that they're going to the black community telling people to take those um, antibody tests. And the question is, wow. why aren't you testing them for the coronavirus, but you want their plasma? Right. They're, they're asking right. them in poor areas to submit to those tests, saying that they may have already had it and that they may already have the antibodies. But they won't test them to see if they have it freedom. But they, they want to use them as guinea pigs just in case. Again, Atlanta, <laughs> people uh, people in Georgia, that's what a CDC is. I would not mess with them, just to put that out there. All right, so Miami federal judge ordered ICE to release um, 1,200 nonviolent undocumented immigrants from the South Florida centers um, because of this virus bill. So U.S. District Judge um, Marcia Cook um, ruled Thursday that immigration authorities have to release more than 1,200 undocumented undocumented immigrants held in three South Florida detention centers. Oh, I don't know if you guys heard this. You know, Michael Cohen was expected to – I know I did this story before. He was expected right, to be released yeah. from minimum security prison on May 1st. It's right. been halted. 
It's been halted. So oh, really? Yeah. Because <laughs> no, another Trump attorney, they're trying to stop him from writing a tell-all book. So the Trump administration is saying they're not the ones that stopped him from being released. So right, Michael right, attorney right. is saying that we don't know if it's a temporary halt in his release. I think they're trying to get an agreement that he will not write a tell-all book on Trump before he's released to house arrest. He's still serving time, so he can't leave. But anyway, they're playing games like, like we know. But it's interesting. He was supposed to be released on the first, and they halted his release. The Bureau, Bureau, Bureau of Prisons did. Now, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Speaking of conspiracy theories, an ex-Green Beret organized a private coup funded by U.S. billionaires to remove Venezuela's um, president. Now, they trained 300 soldiers in Colombia before it spectacularly fell apart. So the operation fell due to skimpy planning, shooting amongst opposition politicians, and poorly trained force, according to an investigation by Associated Press. The ringleader of the plan was a uh, retired uh, Venezuelan general who is now in jail in the U.S. on narcotics charges. Now, again, oh again, when people start talking about, you know, you guys are doing conspiracy theories, here's a story that is true. Some guy, Green Beret, Jordan um, Goudreau, um, is involved his private security por- firm, Silver Corp USA, which he started in his Florida home in 2018. Um, to um, to fight counterterrorism terrorism in schools, he had the the agents disguised as teachers to fight counterterrorism in school, and he headed up a coup in Venezuela funded by billionaires in the U.S. They don't have nothing else to do with their money, but to mess with other really? people in their country. Just wanted to put that out. Wow. There. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, um, I know we just talked about this, but forget it. I'm going to do the story anyway. Uh, Joe Biden accused her I'm not going to even say her name Former staffer Uh, She said that she did not accuse him of sexual assault In her complaint It was making her uncomfortable Is what she accused And she said she did not file a complaint But the National Archives Which Joe Biden says Go check the National Archives For her um, personnel files The National Archives released a statement Saying that those records will not be released till 2043. So get mm. over it and move on. You did not make an – she said she didn't make a, a sexual uh, assault case complaint against them. He says that there wasn't one. And she said in that complaint, the complaint was he made her feel uncomfortable. So there you have it for everybody who wants to make false wow. to he may have wow. did something. Wow. She didn't. All right. Well, we have time for one more, Jerome, and uh, boy, we're up against it. So you have time for one more. Oh time. man, okay, my bad. Because I missed the George, the Trump, George W. Bush. He said that George W. Bush was nowhere to be found when they was trying to impeach, uh, when the Democrats tried to impeach him, because Bush just said we should come together to fight the pandemic, and Trump laughed out of George W. Bush. He did. Wow. <laughs> he did. Yeah. He did. He did. I, I missed, I, I missed the, the Chris Matthews one, but I guess I'll do that next time. All right, you'll do that next time. Yeah, man, can't wait. I really want to do that with this. All right, it's time for our final thoughts, folks. And uh, ladies are first here on the serious side. So, Vanessa Maybelli, final thoughts. 
my final thought is thank God that Miss Kathleen is feeling better if she's coming through the virus. And Good job. awesome on Sunday morning to hear everyone's voice because it makes me know that my family is doing well and we're still here. I still say, as I get dressed to go take drive-by communion, uh, that we need to pray for this country. We need to pray for our family, for our friends, and even our animals that are getting this virus because 45 doesn't know what he's doing. None of them know what they're doing following him. They're just being butt kissers. And I'm sorry if Jay gets a whole lot of email for that, but you Republicans are just following him blindly because you're racist and you just don't realize it. Because anything else you can't say he's done, because I lost $20,000 in my 401k. So don't tell me nothing about how he's making our 401ks look good because I lost money. So I say Mm -hmm. this. I pray for Joe Biden to have the strength to do what is right for this country, to choose whomever it is that he wants to run as to be his VP because it doesn't matter if he gets my dog. I'm voting for him. It just doesn't matter. I'm voting for Joe Biden. So vote blue in 2020 and vote it no matter who. Y'all have an excellent week and I love y'all. Wow, good stuff. All right, Kathleen, final thoughts. I just want to um, say again, I'm so happy that you're back, Jay. You know, condolences to your family and praying for the service that goes forward um, for your father. Um, uh, I wanted to also, you're welcome, sweetheart. I also wanted to honor all of the poets on the show that uh, vote blue no matter who and let it do what it do. I love the poets. I love my people. I love my people. Like we have so much talent, it's amazing. And you know, I just I'm really happy to be back. If the coronavirus didn't do anything else, it brought me back to my family in the fold. So um, you know, as as the scripture says, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. And on that note, I say God bless you. And um, have a blessed week. Oh, wow. What is that? What a word. Thank you so much. Johnny D, man, final thoughts. Uh, Jay, once again, I thank you for an opportunity to be part of uh, this this, this forum and this broadcast. Uh, Thank each one of the contributors. uh, And I ask as, as we move forward throughout the week that God has grace and mercy upon us and the listeners and those who believe in his righteous name and those who dwell under this gracious sky. So I look forward that if it's his will, we'll be back on that as week. Thank you so much, sir. Jerome, man, final thoughts? Yeah, I, I know I missed the beginning of the show, but, Jay, I want to send my condolences to you and your family. Um, I you, am not really big on disclosing mine, but I lost someone close to me this this week as well. And um, I don't know, you know, I, you know, I'll just take my time just to say that, you know, it it is um, whatever you need, obviously. And I know we always say this, but even if you want to vent, hey, I I am here for you, brother. And so, you know, Elias, you know the same. I'm glad, Kathleen, you're feeling better. Um, Vanessa and D as well. Everybody stay safe and healthy. 
and remember, you know, just kind of as family, you know, we really, if the pandemic tells us nothing, it just tells us that it's bigger than us individually. So if you guys need me for anything, let me know. All right, everybody have a good week. Oh, wow. Well, Jerome, uh, sorry to hear that. Condolences to you, man. Uh, yeah, it's been a tough week, brother. Yeah, it's been a tough, tough, tough week. Yeah, thank yeah. You. Wow. Oh, oh, man. Wow. And uh, for those who are listening live, we're 60 seconds out, so if we're going to lose you, we appreciate you listening. We'll see you back next week for those who usually listen through the podcast and uh, through uh, just normal channels. Uh, we're just going to continue to march with Mr. Elias May. Get the first and last word. Your final thoughts, sir. Look, man, uh, wow. I, I'm, I'm reading stuff in the chat room, man, and, and, and Trump supporters are really deplorable, man. Uh, you got a guy named Green Beasley. He was talking some trash. I said, well, Trump has a thing for his daughter. And he said, have you seen his daughter? I'd have a thing for her, too. That's his daughter. He's a, this, is how, this is his daughter. This is how deplorable these people are. So, hey, yeah. if you don't want the same of, the, of that kind of message, get out and vote. Because if you don't get out and vote, you don't have a voice. If you don't have a voice, you can't really say anything. So get out and vote. Vote blue no matter who. <laughs> I love you. Do what you do. And do what you do. And uh, what say you? All right. So listen, uh, I'm going to uh, just close it out by saying I appreciate everybody uh, for what they said. Uh, uh, rest in peace, pops. I know you're in a better place, man. I know you're feeling a lot better. And, and you know, to Jerome, and we're family. You know, when you hurt, I hurt. And uh, man, I once again, ditto goes both ways. Uh, definitely want you to. Uh, Make sure you can reach out. Everybody has numbers here. There are people, there are listeners who even have some of our numbers, which uh, tells you how much we care. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate what you guys do, regardless of whether you agree with us or not. You're here, and, you know, so hey, who knows? Maybe we'll turn ahead or two. Maybe we'll get someone to come on the right side. Uh, we just got to continue to speak the truth and uh, continue to speak our opinions. So, on that note, Mr. LES, if it's Sunday. We're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the day. Wow. Peace and blessings to you all, and we wish you nothing but the best. Be safe, and we'll see you back here next week. So for Johnny, for Vanessa, for Kathleen, Jerome, and Miss Delias, I'm Jay Rowell saying have a wonderful work week. And remember, if it is Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. God bless. See you next week. Mahalo. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network.